Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts today, Aaron Snyder. And I'm Angie Fryerman. In today's episode, we're going to highlight the Fargo-Moorhead Flutters Management Project and most recently their National Academy of Construction Award. Uh, so this is a really big, impressive award. Really proud of the two of you for being here today. So today we have joining us are Terry Williams and Kevin Den from the St. Paul District. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Good morning. Us. Yeah, thanks. So before we jump into this award and really details about the Fargo-Moorhead Fargo Project, uh, could you just both tell us about yourself and your role within the Corps? We'll start with you, Terry. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Terry Williams, and I've worked for the, the Corps for many, many years. And with respect to the Fargo-Moorhead Metro project, I started as a project manager uh, during feasibility in 2010. Feasibility started in about 2008, so I joined up a couple years later, joined Aaron's team. And in 2017, I became the program manager for the Fargo-Moorhead Metro program. The program because it involves the design and construction of many, many, many features, and it's a three billion dollar program essentially. And hey, I, I, this is Kevin. Mike Carey, I work for the St. Paul District of the Corps of Engineers. You know, I've been with the Corps since about 2017. About the same time, Terry became the, the program manager. Prior to that, I, I worked as a consultant doing uh, various things, uh, including uh, work for the Corps. And so what kind of one of the interesting things about my background is one of the very first projects I had out of school was as a consultant working for the Corps of Engineers on this Fargo-Moorhead project, um, doing some of the, the geomorphology uh, surveys as part of this project. So, you know, I didn't know it at the time back in, in 2010 uh, that this was going to be a, a big part of my future, but um, it's been awesome to, you know, once I joined the St. Paul District in 2017, was able to focus, uh, I guess, most of my efforts here um, on this Fargo-Moorhead project. And right now I'm assisting Terry as, as a project manager, focusing on a, a variety of different areas in the, the overall program, um, including the, the core's interface with the diversion channel, uh, which we'll highlight probably a little bit later on in this podcast, which is the, the first public-private partnership effort conducted under the, the Corps of Engineers umbrella. Well, thank you both for being here today. I am excited to talk about this award and the Fargo-Moorhead Flood Risk Management Program. We have had this particular program highlighted on the podcast before. However, we've gained some new listeners since then. And so can you quickly tell us about the program and just like the current status and what's up with the project? So I'll start. So the project consists of a 30-mile diversion channel in North Dakota, plus the southern embankment or, you know, dry dam that stores water upstream and regulates flows through the metro area. And that southern embankment, it covers both states. It starts in North Dakota and goes over into Minnesota. The project is designed to provide 100-year protection to the Fargo-Moorhead metro area with the capability of flood fighting up to a 500-year event. And it's going to benefit nearly 260,000 residents and 70 square miles of infrastructure. And the Fargo-Moorhead metro area is absolutely an education, uh, health care, and economic center of the region. It is 
the fastest growing area in the region, including uh, by far the state of North Dakota. The Fargo-Moorhead area means a lot to the economy of the state of North Dakota and to the people as a whole. When we started this back in feasibility era, and I believe we were talking about 175,000 people, and now we're talking 260,000 people. And so the importance of this project just keeps increasing because the population of the area is absolutely exploding. We've got a very capable non-federal sponsor that consists of the city of Fargo and Moorhead and the Metro Flood Diversion Authority, and they've been with us in this endeavor ever since it started in 2008. Since we started construction in about 2016, the Corps of Engineers is building, we'll talk about split delivery as well, but the Corps is building the southern embankment and we've been doing really well in designing and constructing the southern embankment. We've got several ongoing construction contracts. We've actually completed two already with another four being completed in the next year. And we're also awarding another four contracts in fiscal year 2024. One of the, I think the most impressive thing about the implementation of this project is that we and our sponsors are united in getting this project done operable in spring of 2027. And we are all hoping that that is before the next large flood, that we actually get this project done before the metro area sees damages, like Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, right? They suffered horribly in the 97 flood, been about recovery, and then they got their project. So in order to avoid that and get it done and avoid the damages, everyone is extremely united in the cause of being done by spring of 2027. Yeah, and this is Kevin. One thing I'd really like to add to that is, you know, the, the Fargo-Moorhead project is, is fairly, I guess a fairly unique project, you know, with, within the Corps of Engineers. Like Terry mentioned, it's a, it's a split delivery model that we're using to deliver the project. And so uh, what does that mean? Split delivery means that the core is handling one aspect of the project and then our non-federal sponsors, Fargo, Moorhead, Metro Flood Diversion Authority, um, are handling the other components of the project. And so in general, uh, the, the core is handling that southern embankment dry dam and the non-federal sponsors are handling the, the diversion channel and then the in-town levees as well that are being constructed as part of this project. And so the, the diversion channel itself, like we highlighted just briefly earlier, um, that is being constructed using a public-private partnership. So we've got the split delivery is the first, you know, kind of innovative nature of this. And then within that split delivery model, you, you have this nested public-private partnership, which is, uh, again, a, a brand new concept for the Corps of Engineers, where our sponsors are using the public-private partnership within the federal project to both design, build, finance, operate, and maintain um, that diversion channel for roughly the, the next 30 years. So, I mean, this is this is something that is truly a, a groundbreaking delivery mechanism um, that we're hoping can can serve as the model for a lot of other projects throughout the nation moving forward here. And that's something that you know we, we've been really excited about, you know, working through and, and working with our sponsors on. Um, it's, it's been a success so far, and it's really helped us push this project forward. And like Terry said, getting to that substantial completion that that the Fargo-Moorhead residents will have that permanent flood protection uh, rolling around here in uh, around 2027. That's really good. And it's important for our listeners to recognize too, that, that this is part of the Corps P3 pilot project program. So 
our P3 program is out there. There's four pilot projects. This is really the, the first uh, project that's been hit the ground running and really been a great example of how the core can deliver. And Terry, I noticed in your comments, you said that we are doing really well. And obviously to be getting this award is a big deal and you have to be doing really well to get this award. But what does really well mean? Really well from a federal perspective and, and the project being divided into federal and non-federal work. The federal work, like I said, is the Southern Embankment, all the associated infrastructure. We received our first dollar of construction money in 2016. So that's when we were able to start construction. We had an injunction that lasted almost a year and a half, two years. But despite that, our design teams have recognized how important it is to get features built. And they have done that in spades despite litigation, despite COVID, despite having, you know, our teams made up of people from across the nation, the Corps of Engineers, everybody has worked together to get designs done on schedule and get things built. For example, right now, the federal critical path is the Red River structure. That team is composed of multiple districts and divisions across the Corps. They stayed on schedule. They developed a schedule and they stayed on schedule. And that included a physical model uh, down at Erdick. And then COVID happened, which they worked through that as well to keep the design on schedule, the design involving people from across the nation and Erd Erdick doing a physical model. They figured out how to do that. And then headquarters USACE provided the funding on time. All of that allowed us to start construction of our critical path feature, which remains on schedule right now. We are designing on schedule, we are constructing on schedule. And like I said, we have another four contracts to in the hopper to award in, in 2024. And Terry, to that, I think I'd add to that, in addition to you know having a huge focus of staying on schedule, we're also focused on staying on or even potentially under budget throughout the, the course of this project. And um, we are we're trending towards both on schedule and under budget and on or under budget. And so that's really something that we're we're hyper focused on throughout the delivery of this project. I think I might want to emphasize this one more time. Did you guys just say you're on schedule and on or under budget? I mean, I don't think that can go be said enough because I think a lot of times when the core we hear projects that maybe are over budget or over schedule, but you're on schedule and on budget and you've gone, you're delivering a mega project, you've gone through COVID and a whole bunch of other challenges. Like this is really a, an amazing reflection on your leadership, Terry and Kevin, and this whole team coming together. Like this is a fantastic job. And, you know, obviously this is the why you got this recognition for this huge award. So congratulations to you all and, and really keep it up. And I think that all our listeners out there and project managers, like, you know, you want examples of how to deliver a project. This is definitely an example of how to deliver a project. And, you know, Terry and Kevin are, are experts on this. Yeah, and, and really I'd like to add to that. I mean, a huge credit goes to our team on this. I mean, there have been hundreds, if potentially not thousands of people working on this project, both from, you know, the Federal Corps of Engineers side, the, the non-federal sponsors side, um, consultants, you name it. There's been a, a lot of people. And this is not just, you know, a project to a lot of people. This is a project that people grew up in the area. They live in the area. They work in the area. So, I mean, this this has 
personal impacts to not only a lot of our, you know, a lot of the residents of the area, obviously, but a lot of our staff as well. And so this means a lot, and, and that's, you know, something that's really been a, a major motivating factor for our team is we really just want to do right by the residents uh, of this area. Yeah, and I think the chief of engineers even mentioned that this is a proof of concept for how private public partnerships should be done. And so you guys should be proud of that. And shifting back to the National Academy and the award you all uh, received, can you tell us a little bit about the National Academy of Construction and this award and maybe its significance just to kind of set the stage? Yeah, I'll start. The National Academy of Construction was established in, in 1999, and, and they're an organization of industry leaders, contractors, engineers, architects, consultants, council, sureties, and academia. The members have made outstanding, lifelong contributions to the construction industry, and they really, I believe, organized to gather that expertise and to share it with the construction world. So in addition to education, they induct members, I believe every year, at the awards ceremony in October in Boston, which I was honored, honored, absolutely honored to attend. They inducted several new members and each member um, was able to produce a video and each member was talked about and their credentials. And it was, that's what really hit home for me is that this is quite a group of people with a lot of experience and have made many contributions across the world to the construction industry. And so to get an award or get their, you know, their basically top award for a project really meant a lot. And you combine that with who won it last year and who uh, was also mentioned last year, which was LaGuardia Terminal B and the Panama Canal expansion. It just really hits home as to uh, what an honor it is for our project to have won, but rightfully so because our project is, is an amazing project on a, on a national and even a world scale. Yeah, that's awesome, Terry. And, you know, I understand that this award is given for, it highlights creativity, innovation, vision, accomplishments in the engineering and design industry, construction industry. Could you guys just talk a little bit about specifically what Fargo Moorhead won this award for? Like, what was it nominated for? What was the award and why did it achieve this? We submitted the package based on the categories requested, of course. It included innovation, and it also included benefits to the nation or to the area. And we were told that that is what really uh, tipped us over the edge was the benefits that it provides, uh, the number of people, the infrastructure, and the enduring nature of this project that it's for, you know, it will benefit generations of people. And it's also a resilient project. So the Red River Basin has, I think the most amount of climate differential, the hydrology in the nation, that it, you know, the increase is, is amongst the highest in the nation for, for basins. The Fargo-Moorhead project design is very resilient in that it can withstand changes in climate without, basically without any alterations to the actual infrastructure of the project. 
So it was those things that really, I think, hit home with the judges is what we were told. Besides the innovation, how the core and the project sponsors came together to come up with split delivery, which allows for simultaneous design and construction of the features versus traditional delivery, which would have taken at least uh, 10 years more to implement and, you know, keeping the, the public in danger for another 10 years. Another really important aspect of the NAC ceremony was that they, they gave us the opportunity to develop a three-minute video that was shown at the award ceremony. What that allowed us to do was really highlight that it's a team effort. Uh, we included pictures and video of, of our team members starting back in 2008 working on the development of the design or, or the concept for this project through current picture of, of as many teammates as we could gather together, engineers, biologists, council, uh, everybody got together for a picture and we were able to include that in the video as well. So we couldn't bring everybody with, but they gave us an opportunity to really try to bring everybody with by developing this video. Yeah, so Kevin, Terry mentioned some innovative construction solutions. Can you talk a little bit about what was used at the Fargo-Moorhead project? Yeah, yeah, there's been a, a ton of innovation on this project, you know, not only from the construction side, but just the you know, delivery mechanism side, um, the you know, engineering side, again, there's been a lot of innovation. And so I'll try to have a couple here. So number one, Fargo-Moorhead, for those who probably aren't too familiar with the area, has harsh winters, really, really harsh winters. It's cold, it's snowy, it's blowing. Um, and that, that makes it, I mean, a, a challenging environment to construct stuff in. But there's been a, a lot of I guess innovation made in that realm for both the, on the construction side uh, with the, both the cores contractors and by the diversion channel folks who are building that. Uh, oftentimes, they you know our, our contractors are doing concrete pours in the middle of winter. They're putting tents over the the concrete, making sure it stays heated up to a certain temperature so that they can continue to build stuff over those harsh during those harsh winters. Uh, talking with the diversion channel uh, contractor. They are actually going out and they found that between a temperature of zero degrees Fahrenheit and 20 degrees Fahrenheit, that is actually the best time to do a lot of the excavation for the diversion channel. And the reason for that is the soils in this area, they are consistency, call it something like peanut butter or toothpaste. Those are kind of the two best analogies that we've heard. And so when you've got trucks running through these areas and you've got excavators and scrapers and everything running through this area, you get warm temperatures and a little bit of wet wet weather, all of a sudden that stuff just turns into an absolute mess of you know trying to go through and excavate. But during the winter, it's not like that. It's frozen or it's you know stays stays relatively stiff. So you're able to do a, a lot of excavation during those months. And so the, the diversion channel um, contractor has found that that's the best time for them to do a lot of their excavation is again during those winter months where they can just make up a, a, a lot of ground on how much excavation they need to do. Um, you know, so we, we, we've had a lot of those types of uh, innovations during the winter work. Um, one of the other things that this project has done is the, the Red River structure, like Terry mentioned, was designed using a physical model. And so a physical model itself is not really an innovative thing per se, but when partnering with Erdic, Erdic decided to 
leverage a new technique for constructing a, a physical model. So they used essentially a high density foam um, instead of concrete to, to build a physical model. And that ended up saving the project and uh, um, Erdic as well, time and money. We're, I think Erdic projected around 50% both time and cost savings in constructing physical models for this moving forward. And so the Red River structure physical model was the first approach that Erdic used for this physical model technique. And they're now using that for all the future physical models throughout the nation that they're working on. And they found, again, that consistent time and cost savings. And so that's been proven to a huge benefit to, again, the, the Corps of Engineers program for anyone who's looking to use a physical model going to Erdic, they are now benefiting from the kind of the, the groundbreaking techniques that were used for this Fargo-Moorhead project. Thanks, Kevin. It sounds like the, the project has had a number of challenges and obviously found ways to overcome those. And that's that's really exciting, I think. You know, there's always going to be challenges and bumps in the road on these projects, but it seems like you guys have handled them and your teams have handled them exceptionally well to keep you, as I'll say again, on schedule and on budget. I don't think I'll be able to say that enough times in this podcast today. But also, like, looking at this and the progress you've made and the innovation and, like, leading edge for so many things, like you mentioned, the Urtic work, you're a P3 pilot, you've got the split delivery, you're dealing with two stages. This must be really rewarding just to see how this is going. So, kind of Terry, maybe we'll start with you. Like, you know, can you talk about just this project and what the most rewarding aspects of it are? Yeah, the, working on this project really as a as an engineer, I believe, is a a once in a lifetime, a once in a career opportunity. It's not often that you are able to work on something that will benefit so many people and where they live and they work and, and their kids go to school and where they go to the hospital and get their health care. And then on top of that, it's working on this team and working with this team. And you go back to feasibility and the vision that the people had working in feasibility to come up with a solution to a very complex flooding problem and watch that solution carried through, you know, to today. And here we are, 2023, and we could be done in 2027, or we will be done in 2027. That's incredible, given, given the challenges that our team has endured over the years, including litigation and permitting, and then watching the teams work through the first P3 procurement and then finally the award of that of that contract and how the teams have worked together on you know reviews of designs from that developer it, it's all new our team has persevered and figured a way through all of these things and for me that is the most rewarding aspect of working on this project is is watching a team work successfully, collaboratively. Yeah, absolutely, Terry, I 100% echo that. Like you've mentioned, there's a lot of people who have worked so hard on this project to, to bring it to this point. And again, we'll continue working on this to, to bring that to, to completion here. But we have wonderful, intelligent, dedicated people on these teams, and they are just working doing what it what is necessary uh, to get the job done here. I mean, has this has this project been an easy project? No, 
but that's what's been fun about it too, right? We get all these people who want to solve problems, who want to to keep generating solutions to some of the most complicated problems that face the, this area. And we're working together collaboratively, you know, not only internally as a team, but then externally with our with our sponsors, externally with you know their their consultants and and all the people who have had that role in this project uh, to again get us to this point. So, you know, I, I think. Both Terry and I have talked about this a number of times just when we're you know, chatting in the hallway and we can't wait to have that last piece of the embankment constructed, have that last piece of the diversion channel constructed and just be out there and celebrate with everyone what we've all just done, right? We've brought this, this flood protection to the Fargo-Moorhead areas and it's, it's something that we'll always be able to look back on and say, hey, we, were, we had a part in this. This was something that was really impactful for a lot of people, not only you know individually as as the design team members and as project managers and, and as everyone working on this project, but as as again you know as communities coming together to bring this flood protection to people. And so, really looking forward to that day in 2027, where whatever you know final last completion we're working on at that point, getting to celebrate that completion with, with everyone who was involved with the project. So we're nearing the end of our time together today, but before we depart, I just want to know what is it that you want the people within the Corps of Engineers to learn from this? So we were fortunate to have the EGM in Fargo, Moorhead in May of this year. General Spelvin brought that entire group together and they all came to the Fargo, Moorhead area for a bunch of reasons, I'm sure, but we were really able to show our project to leaders across the Corps of Engineers through presentations and a tour. And I think what General Spellman, his, his takeaway at the end was, he put the slide up that showed the composition of our team. And it wasn't just St. Paul District, it was six divisions, 18 districts. I mean, that's our team. Somehow we have people from across the nation believing in this project, believing in its worth to the nation, even though they may be hundreds, thousands of miles away. We've got an incredible team of people who believe and people that, that put the effort in and people that are brilliant in what they do and applying it to our project. It is possible because Fargo-Moorhead is doing it. Yeah, and I would, again, echo what Terry said there and even expand it a little bit to not only the partnerships within sister districts and divisions, but expanding that to working with our um, federal sponsors. I mean, they are just as dedicated, just as motivated to get this thing across the finish line. We all are striving for that goal. We all have that common goal of flood protection in 2027. And that is what has driven this collective team, both internal to the core and external to the core, um, towards that goal of that, that flood protection is holding 2027, right? That That has always been important to us. We want to provide that flood protection as soon as possible. And so, again, the partnerships is, is kind of what it comes down to for me is partnerships internally, partnerships externally, partnerships you know, with, with the elected officials, everyone 
um, that has had a, a big role to play in to bring this project to this point. And that's that's really what it comes down to is the people who partnered together to get this project to completion. I know I could talk with you guys for hours or probably days about this topic. It's just really great to watch you guys and, you know, and your teams achieve all this. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we are out of time today. And I want to thank you, Terry and Kevin, for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and believe in your people. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.